Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. And now, WMCA proudly presents the Mystery Theater. When it comes to finding a solution to your classic conventional mystery, the French say, cherche la femme, or look for the woman. Of course, what they don't tell you is which woman to look for, or what to do about her if and when you ever find her. You've been with the company longer than anyone else, haven't you, Miss Murdoch? Yes, Lieutenant. Can you think of anyone who might have a motive for murdering Mr. Lewis? Well... Yes. Oh? Who? Me. You? But why? He fired me without notice after 25 years. <laughs> Miss Murdoch, if ever I saw a person who definitely was not the killer type, it's you. <laughs> Mystery drama, The 44 Connection, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Marion Salas. I'll be back shortly with Act One. How did Eleanor Wiley put it? I was being human, born alone. I am being woman, hard beset. I live by squeezing from a stone the little nourishment I get. Yes. That's the way life goes for some women. But to be perfectly fair, if such a thing is possible, there are those ladies who ask for it. Nellie Murdoch, for instance. Yes? Who? It's not going to do her any good. No. Just tell her I'm too busy. I'm not concerned with that, Miss Hastings. I said tell her I cannot see her. Mr. Lewis? Now, I told that Miss Hastings ten minutes ago that I was too busy to see you. What does she think she's doing? Please, Mr. Lewis, you must talk to me. I'm a human being. No one can be that heartless. I'm not being heartless. How can you say that? I have worked here for 25 years, and suddenly I just get a note saying my services are no longer required and a check for four weeks' salary in lieu of notice. Most places only give two weeks. But to be dismissed... Without a reason? There is a reason. In what way has my work been unsatisfactory? It's not your work, Miss Murdoch. It's you. What's wrong with me? You're too old. I'm only 55. We are revamping the company. There is no longer a place in it for you. But why? We shall now concentrate on product lines directed toward a younger market. Our accent, therefore, must be on youth. Soon we shall create an entire new decor. Our reception area will feature panoramic wall pictures of the latest rock groups. We shall have piped-in disco music. You as the receptionist are wrong, my dear, for our image. But I can... We emphasize the now, the newest, the swinging. How does it look if the first person a client sees as he gets off the elevator is a dignified, mature lady? No. 
Our basic theme must be personified by a young girl with just uh, the right hair and, and the right costume, the right accent. But is this how I am to be rewarded for over 25 years of, of dedicated service? Why do people think they have to be rewarded for doing what they are paid Listen for? Listen to me, Mr. Lewis. I've been here for so long and I know so much about the company. I can be so helpful to so many people in so many ways. But we are becoming a new company. So your expertise is obsolete. But if I work against the new image, couldn't you find a less visible place for me? I have all the necessary skills. You would be psychologically out of place here, Miss Murdoch. And now, if you will excuse me... Please, Mr. Lu... Excuse me. It occurs to me that I'm beginning to beg. And before I do that, I would rather die. If you find it difficult to act like a gentleman, I find it impossible not to act like a lady. Good day to you, sir. Yes, ma'am? What do you have? Oh, I... I don't know. I, I don't drink. Oh, no? Then uh, what are you doing in a place like this? Truthfully, I, I've never been in a place like this before. Why? Is it supposed to be some kind of den of iniquity? I've just never had the occasion. Uh-huh. I see, but you have the occasion now. Well, it occurs to me I have nowhere else to go, so... I might just as well try to, as they say, drown my sorrows. Ma'am, if you're not a drinker, it's not your sorrows that'll get drowned. It's you. I lost my job today funny. Well, no, it isn't funny when you think of it. But that job was all I had in the world. Oh. I mean, nice-looking, ma mature lady like yourself. Don't you have children? Uh, grandchildren? No. No, all I had was my job. I was the first employee that company hired almost 26 years ago. And I watched it become an international corporation, a, a conglomerate. It took all my time. I gave it all my energy. I was so interested in everything and everybody. I didn't have to be. I mean, I, I could have done exactly what I was paid for, no more, no less. Just to watch the clock. Like everyone else. Yes, as it turns out, like everyone else. I think I will have a drink. What shall I order? Uh, why don't we try a glass of nice white wine. I don't believe I told you my name, Jack. I'm Nellie Murdoch. And do you know who my grandfather was? <laughs> Tom Tom Murdoch. You ever hear of him? I can't say that I have. Well, he was one of the great heroes of the West, the Wild West. He was the sidekick of Buffalo Bill, William F. Cody. What do you think of that? I think that's just fine. Tom, Tom Murdoch. I still have his things. His hat, his buckskin jacket, his boots, his spurs, his twin Colt 44 revolvers. <laughs> I keep them all shiny and neat, just like new. I haven't set up in the corner of my room as if they were a kind of shrine, like a like a little museum. Yeah, uh, if I were you, Miss Murdoch, I would have a cup of coffee. Coffee? 
It'll help you sober up. Why do I want to sober up? Tom Tom Murdoch. They call him Tom Tom because he could speak ten different Indian languages. Do you know that? Uh, no. I told you he was Bill Cody's sidekick, and he knew them all. Wyatt Earp, Wild Bill Hickok, that whole crowd. They were just all men who fought for justice in the Old West. You know why? Ask me. Uh, why? Because there wasn't any. They had to make it themselves. Well, I'll tell you something. There isn't any justice today either. If there was, could I be fired for nothing after 25 loyal years? Tom, Tom Murdoch, what would he have done to a varmint, a sidewinder like that Jeremy Lewis? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. Well, I think I do know, but I'm not sure. Why don't I ask Grandfather Tom Tom? Uh, you mean he's still alive? He died when I was 15. He was a very old man. But we used to talk about things all the time. Yeah, but if he's dead... How can you ask him? Oh, somehow tonight, I just feel, I just seem to feel his presence. Yeah. Yes, and I think he wants to talk to me. I'd like to have another glass of wine. Uh, now, Miss Murdoch, I think you've had enough. I am looking at myself in that mirror. You see how steady my hand is? How clear my eyes are? Uh, I just have this one... Last drink for what is what do they call it? The road. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. All right. But uh, Miss Murdoch, then you better go straight home. No. Where's the light? Where's the light? Could the superintendent have come in here? And move the light switch when I was gone? Why would he do that? Oh, there it is. Ah. Oh, let me sit down. Grandpa? Grandpa Tom Tom, are you there? again. Oh, I'm sorry. Grandpa, do you know what happened to me today? Oh, you heard. Grandpa. Grandpa, what am I going to do? I'm sorry, I just can't help it. That job was my whole life for 26 years. It just isn't fair. <laughs> I know, Grandpa. Yes? Yes, I'm listening. Yes. I know who I am. I'm Tom Tom Murdoch's granddaughter. And the Murdochs don't just sit around and weep and whine about what's unfair and what's unjust. That skulking, low-down, bushwhacking copperhead, he doesn't deserve to live. Jeremy Lewis. Uh, who, who's that? Have you forgotten me already? 
It's you, Miss Murdoch. Yes, it is I, Nellie Murdoch. What are you doing here? I told you at the office the way things were and the way they had to be, and that's the end of it. Yes, that's the end of it. For one of us, at least. So it doesn't do you any good to waylay me here at this hour of the night to beg me to give you back your job. Mr. Lewis, Tom Tom Murdoch's granddaughter hasn't come here to beg you for a job. Oh, no? I have come to see justice done. Justice? The kind of justice that Tom Tom Murdoch practiced, the kind of justice that built the West. What's that? What does it look like? It's a revolver. Yes. Now, now, Miss Murdoch, surely you don't intend to shoot me down. No, no, not in cold blood. Tom Tom Murdoch always gave a man a chance for his life. Listen, Miss Murdoch. This is one of Grandpa's twin Colt 44s. Here, you catch. Don't drop it. It's loaded. Now. I've got the other one. Are you mad? You must be. Hold the gun at your side. Muzzle pointing down. Just like I am. What are you thinking about, Now, woman? with your thumb, pull back the hammer. All the way back. Till you feel it catch. Go ahead. All right. Now, at the count of three, we will each raise our revolver and fire. You are insane. I shall begin... A slow, steady count. Are you ready? One. Oh, that wasn't fair. You didn't wait for three. Two. No point yanking at that trigger. You have to pull the hammer back again. Three. My turn. Well, look who's here. Uh, it's Miss... Uh, don't tell me. Ah, got it. Miss Murdoch. How do you do, Jack? Well, I see you got home okay last night, huh? Well, of course. May I have a glass of that delicious white wine? Uh, like I said, you want to watch that stuff, Miss Murdoch. Oh, you should see what my grandfather and his sidekicks drank. Huh. How is your grandfather? You have that, uh, little talk with him? Oh, yes. But thanks. Cheers. That's the word? Cheers. Eh, things work out somehow, don't they? What things do you have in mind? This guy you worked for, Jeremy Lewis. The one that gave you such a bad deal. Did you hear? Somebody gave him his last night. Yes. I heard it on the news early this morning. Yeah. There's more news due on the radio right now. Let's see if they got anything on it, huh? This is Doreen Gray of Action Immediate Radio News at Police Headquarters, where I'm talking to Lieutenant Robert Carson of Homicide. Lieutenant, what do we know so far about the murder of Jeremy Lewis? Well, we're running down a number of significant leads, which I cannot discuss at this time. But what about the weapon? Well, we just got this report from Ballistics. The slug was fired from an old-fashioned 44 caliber Colt revolver. A Colt 44? It took a ballistics expert by surprise at first, but that's what it is. Are there any suspects? Any theories? Well, we're following a certain line of investigation, the details of which I'm not at liberty to reveal. <laughs> which means, Miss Murdoch, 
they're nowhere. Ground zero. Jack, you have to appreciate the fact that things are always difficult for the police in these matters. Mm. Like they say, your ex-boss was a wealthy and powerful man. Stands to reason he must have had a lot of enemies. Oh, I'm sure of it. And so the police are running here and there and the other place looking for clues. And they're asking this one, asking that one. And they're getting nowhere. Of course, they didn't ask me. Oh, why? Why should they ask you? <laughs> because I know who shot Jeremy Lewis. You do? Sure. You did. That was short, sweet, and to the point. But how does he know? All right, if you review the previous encounter between the two of them, this thing could emerge with crystal clarity. However, right now, more important than what he knows is what he intends to do about it. And that must be the business of Act Two, shortly. Murder will out, said Mr. Chaucer. And while the modern-day police might not always agree with him, the fact is, we have a murder here that has outed, if I may coin that word, almost as soon as it was in. Of course, it's only out so far for two people. But as we all know, the best-kept secrets are those that are the exclusive property of only one. Why do you say I killed Jeremy Lewis? You were angry enough to do it. You talked about justice, frontier justice, and making your own when you think you're getting a bad deal. But that could have been just talk. Sure. But you happen to mention that you still had your grandpa's things, including his 44 caliber Colt revolver. That's the gun that was used, they say. And I don't know how many guns of that age are still around. What are you going to do about it? What do you think I'm going to do about it? Go to the police? Well, you know, I've always had this philosophy of life. The less you say to the cops, the more apt you are to stay out of trouble. What are you going to do? I don't know. I think I better ask Grandpa. Well, why don't you? Mrs. Lewis, I'm Lieutenant Carson. I'm sorry, but I must ask you some questions about your late husband. What sort of questions, Lieutenant? I knew very little about his business affairs. What about his other affairs? Sir? Your husband's private secretary, Miss Hastings. Drusilla Hastings is a sour, suspicious, nasty old maid. Do you deny visiting your husband at his office? Having arguments with him. Oh, all married couples have arguments. Miss Hastings said you threatened to kill him. We all get carried away sometimes in the heat of anger. It had to do with a Miss uh, Rhoda Townley. Yes, he was seeing her. And is it true that he asked about a divorce? Yes. And you said to him, the direct quote, I'll kill you first. Why shouldn't I have said it? For 20 years, my entire life was devoted to him. I worked to send him through school. I did without, so that he could use every nickel he earned for investments. I saved, I scrimped, 
And then when he'd reached the top of the mountain, I wasn't going to let him roll me downhill for some painted slut half my age. The night he was killed, Mrs. Carson, where were you? I was out. You get tired of being all alone in that big house. Mm -hmm. Where did you go? I went to a movie. With anyone? I don't know very many people. What you're saying is you went out all by yourself. Yes. Would anyone remember your being at this movie? How? It's a crowded theater. The ticket seller, the doorman. I don't even recall what they look like. Uh, would you have a ticket stub? I never save ticket stubs. And how would I know I would need an alibi? Tell me, do you happen to own a gun? I never held a gun in my life. I wouldn't know how to use one. All right, Mrs. Carson. I have nothing more to ask you. But please, hold yourself available for further questions. So, you're Miss Rhoda Townley. What's the idea of this? Why was I arrested? You weren't arrested. Well, why did these two cops come and pick me up? Why did one of them give me that I'll read you your rights rigmarole? You're only being questioned. For what? Let's say, suspicion of murder. Well, why am I being suspected? You know why. Because of some conversations you had in Jeremy Lewis's office. Oh, that snoopy dame outside. Shall we cut through all this, Miss Townley? It's her word against mine. You also had a fight with him at the Parrot Club. Oh, that was just a misunderstanding. Yeah, there were witnesses. He walked out on you. Oh, look. It doesn't mean I killed him. And do you have an alibi? An alibi? Sure. I was with Harry. Harry Farrell. Ah, Harry Farrell. A convicted forger, perjurer, and confidence man. Free now on a very shaky parole. What's the truth? Mm -hmm. You and Harry started the whole thing, didn't you? The idea was for you to attract Jeremy Lewis. Then the two of you would set him up for blackmail. That's a lie. What you had no way of knowing was that Lewis didn't care, couldn't care less whether his wife knew he was unfaithful or not. All right, Lieutenant. I'll make a confession. Should I get a stenographer? Yeah, it did begin as a con game. Well, sure, we tried to set him up as a mark, but, see, after a while, it wasn't a game for me anymore. I fell for the guy. I mean, I really fell for him. Yes, that's a fact. I mean, a week ago is when the blackmail scheme blew up. They kept trying to get in touch with him. He wouldn't see you. Finally, you practically broke into his office, and you said, I quote, if you don't take me back, I'll either kill you or kill myself. Well, you didn't kill yourself. Well, look, I, I may have said that. Yes, and you also may have had some help. I tell you, I don't know anything about the murder. Well, you can go now, Miss Tudley. But you must keep us informed as to your whereabouts. But I have an alibi. Yes, yes, we'll see about that, too. <laughs> of Action Immediate Radio News at Police Headquarters. With me here is Detective Lieutenant Robert Carson, who is in charge of the investigation into the Jeremy Lewis murder. Lieutenant, we understand you questioned Mrs. Lewis today. Yes, I did. Is she our suspect? I can't answer that question. You also brought up Miss Rhoda Townley in for questioning. Is it true that she and Jeremy Lewis were having an affair? 
I cannot discuss that publicly. Are either of those two women active suspects at this time? I'm sorry I can make no further statements. Thank you, Lieutenant Carson. And there you have it. Listen. And so that's that, Nellie. What happens now? What happens now? Well, I mean, you were going to check it out with Grandpa, remember? Oh, yes. I did. Yeah? And how does Grandpa stand on all this? Tom Tom Murdoch never told a lie in his life. And he wouldn't tolerate lying from any other member of his family. He always told the truth. And when I asked him, Grandpa, what should I do? Do you know what he said? He said, Nellie, you just tell him the truth. Oh, so then he, he advised you to, to confess. No. No. He just told me to answer each question truthfully. And that is exactly what I intend to do. Yeah, well, won't that be the same thing as confessing? No. <laughs> this I have to hear. Well, the police will come to see me sooner or later. I'm sure of it. Uh, why? They'll have to extend the investigation, won't they? I mean, I worked there for over 25 years. How can they not talk to me? I'm surprised they haven't come calling already. So, when they do question me, I'll follow Grandpa's orders and I'll tell them the truth. But then they've got you. But only if they ask me the right questions. See? If they should ask right out, did you kill Jeremy Lewis? I'd have to say yes. But, uh, <laughs> suppose they don't ask. <laughs> uh, you say you'll tell the truth to each question. The truth. Couldn't you give yourself away somehow, no matter what they ask you? Grandpa Tom Tom once told me that General George Armstrong Custer had asked for volunteer scouts for an expedition against Chief Singh Bull. And when he asked why he didn't volunteer, Grandpa replied that volunteering was against his constitutional principles. I understand. And therefore, he said to me that while I was not allowed to hinder this investigation, I was not required to assist it either. Miss hmm. Murdoch, why don't you have one on the house? What's your name? Dunstan. Oswald Dunstan. And what is it you wish to do? I'm here, Lieutenant, as I told the officers downstairs, to confess to the murder of Jeremy Lewis. You say you shot Jeremy Lewis? Hmm. Why? He deserved to die. For what reason? To teach him a lesson. Well, how can that lesson do him any good? I should have said to teach a lesson to people like him. And what kind of people? People who exploit the weak, who ravage the resources of the earth. And for that reason, you decided to shoot him. Mm. For that reason, he was condemned to death. Condemned? And how did you kill Mr. Laws? Ah, that one power answer. I waited for him. Near his home that night, as he got out of his car, I shot him. And what type of gun did you use? You know very well. A 44 caliber coke revolver. Now, where did you get it? It was given to me by a friend. And what is this friend's name? I shall never reveal it. Mm -hmm. And have you anything else to say? Hmm. Haven't I said enough? Well, all right. Eddie, 
Eddie, bring in a stenographer to take down a statement, and then you can book him. You don't believe me, Lieutenant? I, I, I can tell you don't believe me, but it is true. I killed him. I killed Jeremy Lewis, so that. We know it isn't true, but who else does? Certainly not the police. Uh, this latest arrival, this Mr. Oswald Dunstan, can be convincing enough. Who knows? He may succeed in making everyone believe him. He may be tried and convicted for murder. Where all this would leave our Miss Nellie Murdoch is something we may only discover in Act Three shortly. Ask any homicide detective. Some cases are hard, some are easy. In some, you have too many clues. In others, you have no clues at all. You can have a situation where there are absolutely no suspects. And you can have one like this where you have more than you know what to do with. And yet there's nothing to really sink your teeth into. It's like poverty in the midst of plenty. Did you read where this guy confessed to the murder, Miss Murdoch? Yes. What if they find him guilty? But we know he didn't do it, Jack. Yeah, but... He sounds convincing according to his statements. And it could be a quick, satisfactory way for the state to get the case off the books. Yes, that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. What'll you do if he goes to jail? I spoke to Grandpa about that. He said that just could not be allowed to happen. An innocent man must never, never be made to suffer. Even if he's asking for it? Oh, it's a matter of simple justice. I just have to come forward and confess. Yeah. Well, it's time for the news. Hey, Joe, you want to take that piano down a little? Good evening. This is Doreen Gray of Action Immediate Radio News. We are here at police headquarters with Lieutenant Robert Carson, who is investigating the Jeremy Lewis murder. The lieutenant has a statement to make to the media. About an hour ago, we released Mr. Oswald Dunstan into the custody of the Stanwood Sanatorium for Mental Patients from which he had escaped only last night. The man seemed so, so lucid. The man is insane. Uh, what other progress can you report, Lieutenant? At this time, we're following several promising lines of investigation. <laughs> which means he's even deeper in the dark than ever. So, well, Miss Murdoch, looks like you're off the hook. Yes, Jack. <laughs> I'm off the hook. For now. Yeah. So, have one on the house. Miss Townley. Lieutenant, what do you want from me now? Once again, we'd like to discuss the Jeremy Lewis murder. But I don't know anything about it. You don't. And besides, I told you I have an alibi. Oh, you may not think much of him, but he's an alibi, and he'll testify. Will he not? That's right. We talked about it, and he said, sure. And why shouldn't he tell the truth? He's in love with me. When did he tell you all this? Last night. Oh. Well, that's not what he told me this morning. What did he tell you? That he certainly wasn't going to perjure himself. But it isn't perjury. It's the truth. Is it? You guys threw a scare into him. You threatened to railroad him back into jail if he doesn't play ball. Why would we do that? Because you need somebody for this murder, and you picked on me. But I'm innocent. Oh, all right. I... 
I threatened Jeremy. Maybe I don't have an alibi. But that's all you got, and that's all you'll ever get because I didn't do it. So go ahead. Arrest me. Make sure we can find you when we need you. Mrs. Lewis, we need your help. How can I help you? I'd like to ask you some questions about your husband. These past years, I... I knew very little about my husband. Well, did he have any enemies? Yes, I suppose he did. But why? Oh, he played very rough in the business world. He drove a number of people into bankruptcy. They say he forced one man into suicide. There may be a revenge motive there. I understand the man had sons. <laughs> no, I would say he didn't lack for enemies. Well, how about within the company itself? His secretary could tell you much more about that than I could. Well, we've already spoken with her. And I was hoping you might be able to expand the list. Hmm. Do you know who might be able to help you? Oh, I'm sure she could. Miss Murdoch. Miss Murdoch? Oh, she knew everything. Everybody. Where all the bodies were buried. Where all the skeletons were hidden. You talk to Miss Murdoch. Well, who is Miss Murdoch? Well, she's the receptionist. Just as you, you step off the elevator. Well, she's a very nice, dignified lady. Somewhere in her, oh, her fifties. But I spoke to the receptionist. She looked like some kid just out of high school. Oh, well, she might have been filling in temporarily. No, no, she told me she was the regular receptionist. Miss Murdoch isn't there anymore? Why, she was with the company since the year one. Well, I suggest that you talk with her anyhow. Miss Nellie Murdoch. She can give you an earful about everybody. Hello? Miss Nellie Murdoch? Yes. Miss Murdoch, I'm Lieutenant Carson of the Homicide Division. Yes? I understand you were recently employed by the Lewis Company. Yes, I was. Well, I would like to talk to you, Miss Murdoch. Would it be convenient for me to come by later this afternoon? Yes, I suppose so. About four o'clock. Yeah, that will be fine. Thank you, Miss Murdoch. I'll see you then. Jack. Yeah. What is it, Miss Murdoch? They're coming. Who? The police. A detective called and made an appointment to see me at four. Hmm. That's two hours from now. Well, you knew it would happen sooner or later. Yes, but I was hoping for later. <laughs> well, I want to wish you luck. Of course, there's a way I could get out of it. Altogether, be completely in the clear. How's that? No. No, I can't tell you. Why not? You, you know you can trust me. Because if I told you and things were to go wrong, you'd become an accessory. <laughs> I figure I'm some kind of accessory right now. No, no. All you're doing is guessing. You have no real proof. I'll... I'll have to ask... Grandpa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 wait before you go. Have one in the house. Grandpa. Grandpa Tom Tom. Listen. Could I do this? 
Could I hide the twin forty-four caliber Colts? Because, see, if I do, Grandpa, then there's nothing in the world that could ever make them suspect me. But if I leave those two guns in plain view on the table with all the other wonderful things of yours, but you said I didn't have to help. I know. I know. I'm not allowed to hinder either. Yes. Yes, Grandpa, I understand. To conceal them would be a lie. Yes, Grandpa. Yes. Oh, just a minute. Miss Murdoch, I'm Lieutenant Carson. My, my identification. Oh, yes, yes. We spoke on the phone. Won't you come in? <laughs> Thank you. And then won't you sit down, Lieutenant? May, may I offer you a, a cup of tea or, or some lemonade? No, no, thank you. I understand you've been with the company longer than any other employee. Is that correct? Yes. I understand that you are very dedicated to your job and interested in everything that was going on. Yes, I was. Well, therefore, you must have been aware of a great deal. Miss Murdoch, this is a very complicated case. We have very few leads that were, well, that are really worth anything. Whatever you might suggest would be appreciated. What do you want me to tell you, Lieutenant? Well, were there people at the office who disliked him intensely? Intensely? Well, enough to kill him. Yes. Uh, then you would say he had enemies. Yes. You know, we've talked to other people. His wife, his secretary, associates. But I'd like to get your slant on it. Tell me how he was regarded. And perhaps um, some names will cross-check with the ones that I already have. Mr. Lewis was not really liked by anyone. He lived only for business, for money, for profit. He let nothing or no one stand in his way. And... Who were some of the people who stood in his way? Ah, where to begin? I must say, Miss Murdoch, it's quite a list. There's enough work here to occupy the entire department. Now, can you think of anyone else who wanted to kill him? Can I think of anyone else? Well, yes, I suppose. Oh, really? Who? Me. You? Oh, my dear Miss Murdoch. Why would you want to kill Mr. Lewis? Did you have a motive? Yes. What was it? He fired me abruptly after more than 25 years. <laughs> well, if I ever met anyone who is not the killer type, it's you. <laughs> the idea... Ah, well... I've taken up enough of your time. And I'm not going to ask any more questions. You're not going to ask me any more questions? Oh, I've asked you enough. Oh, I, I would like to ask you one more question, if I may. Well, what is that? Well, over in the corner of the room there, that display. It looks like some sort of a Wild West museum. May I look at it? What? Well, certainly. Uh, what are you doing with all these things? They belong to my grandfather, Tom Tom Murdoch. Ah, I heard of him. 
who was a friend of Buffalo Bill's, and, and, and didn't he have a falling out with General Custer? No, he just didn't volunteer to go out on that final mission. Ah, and did you know him? Oh, yes, I remember him. And did he tell you anything about those days? Oh, yes. Oh, what a wonderful childhood you must have had. <laughs> and he left you all these things, did he? Yes. Oh, and how well you kept them. Oh, the hat. The buckskin jacket. The breeches, the boots, the spurs. A, a pair of Colt 44 revolvers. Oh, this is all part of the authentic history of our nation, wouldn't you say? Oh, yes, certainly. Well... I want to thank you again, Miss Murdoch. It isn't every day you run into something exciting and educational like this in the routine exercise of duty. You're quite welcome, Lieutenant Carson. You are quite welcome. So, Miss Murdoch, how did it go? Well, I'm here. And, and you mean he didn't? I promised Grandpa Murdoch I'd tell the truth. Had Lieutenant Carson point-blank asked me, I would have told him. But he didn't point-blank ask me. Yeah, but didn't he see all that Western stuff in the room? Oh, yeah. He was so interested. He went over, he looked at everything closely. Yeah, and, and, and I mean the Colt 44 revolvers. Yes, yes, he even remarked on them. <laughs> well, sounds like you're in the clear. Hmm, perhaps. Uh, what do you mean, perhaps? One day, suddenly, for some reason, or for no reason. I mean, who knows how the human mind works? That lieutenant may suddenly be struck by the significance of those cold revolvers. He can make the connection. Yeah. Then again, it may never happen. That's right. <laughs> well, at any rate, there's nothing we can do about it. Is there? that I can think of. Uh, hey, have a drink on the house. And there we must leave it for this go-round, anyhow. Will the mysterious mental forces that govern insight and inspiration ever make what might be called the 44 connection for Lieutenant Carson? If they do, you'll hear all about it sometime because it will create another story. The title of our story is The 44 Connection because it deals with intuitive powers of deduction. For example, an apple fell from a tree and hit Sir Isaac Newton on the head. From that he deduced that there was such a thing as the force of gravity. From that we can also deduce that most people have to be hit in the head also before they can comprehend what has been in plain sight all along. Connections. Connections that are made. Connections that are missed. That's the true story of our lives, isn't it? Our cast included Marion Seldes, Evie Juster, Lloyd Batista, and Fred Gwynn. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is Tammy Grimes, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs>